Welcome to Wood Talk for woodworkers by woodworkers. Now, here are three guys who like to use a lot of words yet say nothing at all Mark, Matt, and Shannon. All right, it's Wood Talk number 330 for October 24th, 2016. On today's show, we're talking about setting your miter gauge to square, wood hardness scales, and T111 for shop walls. Uh, and we'd also like to thank a few people who helped us out for, you know, kind of making the show possible, really is what it comes down to. Peter Steeper, David Keene, Tobias Lindstrom, Chris St. Croix, Jake Swoboda, Nick Ryan, Brian Aust, Al Lander, Wade Naziri, Eric Olson, and Chris Lalong. Thank you, everybody, for helping us out. Uh, most of those people, the way they helped us out, they went over to Patreon at patreon.com slash woodtalk and sent a couple bucks our way. And it's a, a recurring thing, and you can get, like, stickers. You can get uh, a special newsletter. Stop buzzing my phone, Nicole. You can get... Uh, you can get <laughs> it's very distracting. Got to tell her about that. There's our show title right there. Stop buzzing Stop my phone. Stop buzzing Nicole. me, Nicole. Uh, you can get t-shirts. You can get just all kinds of stuff. And most importantly, you help us reach future content goals. Uh, just to be able to bring you extra content, more content, more frequently. And, uh, you know, it's, it's all because of those goals that we set. And you guys help us reach. So thank you to everyone who's participating and who continues to participate. That's at patreon.com slash woodtalk. And let's get right into the good stuff here. What's on the bench? And uh, I'll, I'll kick it off. I did finish my clock in record time. I think it was about two, <laughs> two calendar weeks, maybe, to, to get that whole entire grandfather clock done. And, uh, and I did it. It's done. It's actually sitting behind me right now. And, and it's oddly enough, ready to be disassembled from being moved. So that kind of sucks, but, uh, I was able to finish it and the movers come in two days and the shop is pretty well stripped down at this point. I've got a couple more boxes to pack, uh, but the movers come in two days and then I get to stand back and have little mini heart attacks every time I watch them move the tools. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, well. that always goes well. So You should be an old pro at this town. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, sitting yeah. and watching other people move my tools. <laughs> should very be good well, by now. Very well practiced in that. Uh, but yeah, I decided I'm going to document a little bit of it. Like not, you know, every gruesome little detail, but at least some of it. And this lead led me to a decision that uh, didn't come lightly. And this, okay, inside baseball. So for those who don't like it, uh, you know, fast forward or suck it up, one or the other. How can I fast forward? I don't know how. 30 second skip, 30 second skip. It's very useful. Um, I just want it work. <laughs> yeah, we actually, we disable that on Wood Talk so that if you have that button, it won't work. Uh, so one of the things I've been, you know, toying with is the idea of that whole second channel. It's a very, you know, popular thing to do. But, uh, you know, I started my stuff where, what people do on their second channel was kind of what everyone did on their first channel. <laughs> like back then, you you would talk a lot and you would make it more of a vlog style platform. Well, things have changed, you know, and people come to expect a little bit more uh, conciseness, if you will, in, in the content that you post. So that when you do like, you know, our Friday live thing that we do every Friday, uh, which is a lot of talking and not a lot of demonstration. And if I wanted to document this shop, you know, move, I would probably be talking a lot and showing a lot and it wouldn't be a whole lot of action. So I do get concerned about posting that on a regular channel. Um, so I thought, you know what, Hey, I'm just going to start the second channel up and post some of this content there. And if I do like the, the little interview stuff that I did at woodworking in America, that isn't, again, there's no like deep woodworking information. It's just fun. It's just talking, uh, for the folks who are kind of into that sort of thing, this gives them a way to watch that and doesn't do anything to the, the main channel, uh, where people tend to just expect a very specific type of content there so uh, i broke the seal on that i'll be posting some videos there and uh hopefully it'll go well what are you calling it you got a good name for it 
Um, or just like the Wood Whisperer 2. Like everyone else's boring names. Yeah, I, that to me is stupid. I don't like that. I think that's boring. <laughs> um, it says nothing about like what people can expect unless you're just, I'm following the same formula everyone else does, so I'm going to call it 2. Uh, I don't want to do that. I'm calling it uh, Wood Whisperer Offcuts. Oh, okay. Mm. That's cool. And that, you know, kind of implies sort of a double meaning that it's, you know, not just like a wood off cut, but also like B roll footage sort of things that would not make the cut for the regular oh. channel. Uh, I so see what you did there. You little, like little useless nuggets of information that you can't bring yourself to throw away. Yeah, exactly. And no you, That's and perfect. Yell you if you burn them. That's exactly it. Or yeah, it's stuff that you might throw into the smoker. You know, uh, if it's the right species type of thing. Uh, So, yeah, that's what I was thinking about doing. And and I even we have a little maker mastermind group that we have on Facebook that I posted the question to to get people's opinions. And it seems, you know, across the board, if the content is like so different than your regular stuff, it kind of does justify going that route. And if you have your audience at a certain level, it makes sense. I agree with it. I'm just terrified that like it took me so long to get the subscribers I have. Yeah, no I mean, one that's, would ever be listening to it. That's really the fear, right? Is you're sort of subdividing your your audience to an extent. But um, I don't I don't want to talk about the numbers and all that crap. Uh, you know, let's get off of that topic per se. Bottom line is, folks who like to see this stuff and like to hear some talking and w- want to see what's going on, how I'm packing some of this stuff up. It's not every detail, but I'll show you what I'm doing with my clamps. I'll show you what I'm doing with um, you know the dust collection and things like that. There's just stuff that might be interesting to people, so that will be out there for folks to enjoy. Hopefully. Uh, but that's really about it. Wednesday, the movers come. So I'm, I'm out of here. This is the last wood talk that will be recorded in this space, which is kind of, yeah. I I don't know if that's good or bad. I know next week though, I'll be at my mom's house. So I I don't like, there's no door to close (laughs) with the way her house is laid out. So I have no idea how this is going to go. We're due, we're due for a guest host. So, uh, I think it's time to bring the shipping department on. Oh, you think so? (laughs) Do you guys really want that? Are you going to be packing orders while you're sitting there doing food talk? Yeah. You, you'll get a lecture from my mom, you know, about how you guys don't take care of yourselves. You gotta, you gotta eat better. (laughs) It's either that or I bring Kenny on the show. So, well, I might, I might enjoy that. That would be good. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, so, so we'll see what's, what's going on. We actually, I guess we should let people know because this whole Nick Offerman thing has become this hilarious, like ongoing, almost inside joke about whether we're going to get him on the show or not. And, uh, someone wrote me and said, Hey, I'm going to his book signing. Do you want me to, to say something to him? I'm like, look, here's the deal. We joke around about it. Like he would be impossible to get on the show, but we have never tried it's not like we, we tried to email them and we're, we were ignored or we were told, you know, hey, uh, you guys are nobodies. Don't don't bother Mr. Offerman. That has not happened. We had not actually made an attempt. I said, so the, the real reason is I'm in the middle of a move and having someone, you know, not for nothing, but the guy's kind of a big deal. <laughs> you know, he's like, he's not exactly many leather bound books. Yes, exactly. And it's not something that I would take lightly to have to have him on the show. I'd want to be prepared, which means reading his book and actually doing a good job. And doing justice at the time that the, you know the guy's going to be spending uh, with us for forty five minutes on a show, and I'm just not ready to do that. So um, now that said, because we've been talking about it and it's been this like ongoing joke, we actually do have an email sitting in our uh, scrap pile right now from his assistant saying, "Hey, you know, write me if you guys are interested in having him on the show." So I think I will move forward with that, but obviously I need to get this move done and behind me. And then we'll be able to move on to trying to, to see if we can get Nick on the show. Uh, that said, let us know if you have questions specifically for him. I think that would be a, a good way to, to utilize his time is getting some good questions from the audience. Uh, and then we'll put him to work. 
you know, I don't think we should treat him any differently than any other <laughs> co-host <laughs> we've had on the show, right? No, not at all. Bring him on, ask questions, let him present something in what's new, put his little butt to work. He'll enjoy that. Uh, so yeah, that's about <laughs> that. Uh, totally off topic from what's going on on my bench, but um, yeah. And now we've just set ourselves up for total public failure. If we yep. can't get him on the show. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Way just go, because Mark. appreciate that, just because Avoid she emailed Mark. us doesn't mean it's going to happen. <laughs> she may right. be like, psych. I just wanted, psych. To, I wanted to see if you guys would write me back or oh. she's actually not his assistant and just some, uh, I was going to say there is that. <laughs> I was kind of thinking that to be honest, Nick doesn't have an assistant, just <laughs> FYI. Uh, but anyway, Matt, what's going on with you? Uh, well, I spent, um, last week, uh, Triton was here and they brought, uh, April Wilkerson up for a few days as well. So we spent, Oh, I was, they were here on Monday and Monday through Friday. So pretty much the entire week, um, doing like, we did some videos of just me, like an interview video, did some tip videos. Mm-hmm. Um, April and I did a collaborative project together and then Triton did a video or a couple of videos on like, um, like walking on the woods, looking at trees, um, selecting trees for, uh, lumber and like milling and stuff like that. Did with, you have banjo uh, music? They haven't done the audio track yet. Gotta have well, banjo music. You can might, walk through the trees. They might have that. All right. Could be fun. So basically, I was just like doing video work. Nice. But it was really easy. Week. Because week is selling out. I didn't have to like do any work like on the cameras. Sell out. It felt good. <laughs> <laughs> but it was very different though, because I'm not used to like having someone else in the shop when I'm talking mm. to myself. Well, you mean the, the yeah. people from Triton or April? Um, I guess both. Yeah. When April was off camera, it was kind of awkward, but when she was on camera, it was fine. Yeah. But I'm not not used to like looking up at the camera and seeing like a face behind it. (laughs) This camera has a face. That's weird. I always get very self-conscious when my wife comes into the shop. First of all, she knows I'm an idiot, but it just (laughs) makes it even like even more, (laughs) more, more obvious, you know, and she'll stand there and I get to see her shaking her head. Like, don't say that. No. (laughs) Did you really just say that? And like. Oh, it's terrible. So, well, yeah, see, I, I mean, there are times where you do say that and, you know, you maybe take another take and you go, well, maybe I won't word it that way. And no right. one else heard it. And you've got an opportunity to edit that out later. Whereas someone standing right there, it's like you kind of feel obligated to get it right the first time and not yeah. say anything stupid at all. <laughs> you know, I actually, I have, I have a question and I don't think this is inside baseball at all. But Matt, it you is. always have, I've seen several of your just whether they're shop update videos, I think one in particular when you were working, anytime you're working out on the 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 mill, there's always this real high angle shot. Are you like crawling under the roof or like climbing a tree or something? Because uh, there's oftentimes there's actually been a moving shot, and I don't know if you've just like set it up to pan in post production or something like that, but. Um, the one time when James was with you, it looked oh, like he, he was, climbed a tree. He was on the roof when James was here. Uh, but then there was a, a couple of weeks ago, you were solo, and it looked like you had mounted the camera up somewhere real, real high while you were doing work on, on Cremona the Cremona drone. But it was actually, it was a moving shot. And that's what I thought. I was like, did you get a drone? Because I hate you. I want one. <laughs> I really want one for that project, but I'm not going to, I'd rather spend the money on the mill than the equipment. I'll have um, to find that that episode and and put it out. Let me know which one because... it was. If it's the one I'm thinking of, it was the camera up on the tripod on top of an eight foot ladder, so it was uh, well, like twelve feet in the air, and then the fluid head actually moved as it was sitting there from the wind. 
Oh, so okay. that could have been what it was. Happy accident, then. Yes, nice. it was. So I was looking at a post. I'm like, oh, this is nice. It actually pans. Cool. <laughs> That's what I get for like recording like an hour's worth of me just like pilling around. I've, I've done that accidentally, points. but like not in a good way where I didn't tighten up the camera enough. So I have a shot and then in editing, I'm watching it. And I'm like, why is it panning down? Like, <laughs> and then there, there goes the work. Okay. I don't see it anymore, but it looked great. Like as it was happening, it was so smooth. <laughs> this is the perfect, the perfect way to end a video. Just kind of pan into the floor. Right. Exactly. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right. Well, um, you done, Matt? I think you're done. Matt's done. Whether he's not, like all I not. did, it's I didn't fun. do much of anything. Well, me, I've I've begun the Christmas Odyssey. No, the, no. Uh, time to fire up the well, fire up the lathe is different in my shop than most people's shops, but <clears throat> uh, calligraphy pens. That's the first thing, Ooh. like um, on the on the um, the docket there. So I'm really I'm trying something new. Where I mean, calligraphy. It's just the head, really, and you can replace that. So it's just a matter of making like a bunch of little tool handles for the the calligraphy heads. But I'm trying to do have them kind of taper into nothing. So this really, really fine kind of spindle that tapers down to practically nothing, and have it not be like razor sharp, so that you you're you're drawing blood as you use them. But it's really it's, it's really, really kind of interesting. I, I've seen it done many many times. You get these people that. You know, it's so thin that it's it's bending underneath the uh, the spindle gouge, and they're getting down to that point, and it's really cool, just like how um, how delicate you can make them. That's your compressor again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, Keep talking. It didn't happen. <laughs> pretend nothing's happening. Pay no attention to the compressor behind the curtain. <laughs> nice. Uh, sorry. Uh. Uh, Anyway, I'm just I'm having a lot of fun kind of playing around and trying to find the shape that I want to do. I haven't actually made a finished one that I really like yet, but I want them all to look si- kind of similar, you know, so there are a set. There's going to be five in each set and I'm making a total of three sets. But uh, it's it's really fun. And it's another reason I found that I really like my um, my treadle lathe because it's so low RPM that I can literally slow down to like three RPMs and, <laughs> and really shape that really, really fine spindle. So it's, uh, it's fun. I actually need to now finish a few of them so I can move on, but I'm having a lot of fun just kind of playing with the shape at this point and seeing, seeing what I can do. How thin can I make it without it like falling apart the first time somebody uses it and get a splinter in their eye? <laughs> no, be sure. You don't want that. Yeah. That's it for me though. Now, cool. Just, just play in on the lathe right now. Sounds fun. Uh, all right. You know what I'm dreading? Moving a lathe because that lathe is heavy <laughs> and it's a beast. Yeah. And my back already I you have people for that. I know, but I, I still get involved. I can't help it. And that <laughs> lathe is like the worst. It's absolutely the worst. It's so heavy. Uh, all right. Let's get into what's new. And I haven't even looked through any of this, so I'm just going to pretend that I did. Uh, let's see. Ryan. Oh. Wrote yes. in. Yeah. He's got a link. He says, nice concept, but how acutely can it really cut? Uh, you should use your Honda money and do a review. What's he talking about? <laughs> let me look at this. Piles of Honda money, people. Piles. So much, I, I wipe my butt with it. Um, is that what you're sitting on right now? Yes, just in case. Money chair? That's it. Uh, well, the stuffing, you know, kind of gave out on me, so I just stuffed it with my $100 bills. <laughs> okay, so this is some kind of a Kickstarter CNC type deal. But it's interesting. It looks like it's vertically suspended. It would have been, you know, what would have been really useful is if I actually 
like watch this before doing the show. Watch it beforehand. Yeah. <clears throat> that would be nice. It, lo- it does. It looks like some kind it, of a CNC thing that's suspended on wires that, that you basically put it on the platform, put your work up on it. And I guess it's, you know, a, a new approach. Hey, I think, I think the actual, the work is what it's suspended from. Like you take a four by eight sheet of plywood yeah. and it's actually cutting what it's suspended on. So it's cutting out your parts from that four by eight sheet of plywood. Right. So it's just another way of kind of taking the tool to the wood, I guess. You don't have a bed or any of that stuff, like a big CNC. Yeah, but it's a super interesting kind of, you know, how it is when you've got two strings and you're pulling from each direction, you know. Right. It's an, an yeah. interesting to think about how, how much control there is, but it looks like it's working at least to judge. Yeah, and it's just a, like a, an off-the-shelf router yeah. sitting in there. Like a, interesting. Looks like a Triton router, actually. Yeah, it could it could be, huh? It's orange. <laughs> That's a distinguishing feature. Do that or it's rigid. Can only be two, right? Uh, well, cool stuff. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, this next one comes from Matthew. It's a YouTube video of a start to finish build of a wooden strip kayak. Mm. Like literally, he's using a wood miser to mill up the board and then finishing with a kayak. Very, very cool. It's it's definitely a long, very detailed video. You could actually, I think, build a kayak by watching this video. Um, but I like it a lot. It's very nice to watch. And I was saying before we recorded, this would probably make me buy a table saw. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of ripping of strips. Hey, maybe, many, 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 many strips. That, that That is a lot of work. Maybe I could build a boat now that I'll be near some water. Yeah, there you go. People have asked me that before. Like, why don't you build a boat? I'm like, because what am I going to do? Run it back and forth on rocks? <laughs> <laughs> it oh is funny God. you say that. I'm moving to Colorado. So since I'll be near water. Wait, yeah. what? Yeah, there's water. There's definitely more water there than there is here. Uh, who's next? I am. Go, Matt, go. This is from Brandon of the Marshall's Woodshop. It says, I saw these wooden watches and instantly fell in love with them. On closer look, I couldn't believe how cheap they were for how, for the beauty they have. To make it even more enticing, it is a cause to grow more trees. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Sorry for the awkward uh, reading of that one. Uh, yeah, they're very nice watches. <laughs> they're about 150 bucks for these smaller ones, and they're actually really like I've seen like a lot of like wood watches that kind of like look like wood watches in, in a bad these way. Are, yes, in, a, in sort of a bad way. And as an appreciator of wood, I feel kind of bad saying that, but most of them look kind of chunky and clunky. These look a mm-hmm. lot more refined. The bezel uh, is pretty much nothing that's wood, otherwise. There is the uh, the clock face that you can have optional wood green as well. Looks like inlays into the band segments too. On some of the, at least that's yeah. what I'm looking at. Oh, on yeah. some of them, yeah. Oh, that looks really good. There's one um, that's it's called the classic with rosewood and chrome, and the Ooh. way those are that's offset. That is, I do like that one, one of the coolest Crap. looking ones there. 169 bucks. Now that now yes. you know what you can give for my birthday, Matt, <laughs> or for Christmas for Christmas. Christmas? Probably sooner. You could use all your Patreon money. <laughs> you know what? I, I, just, I just have to talk to these people or what? Original Grain is the name of this company. I just yeah. have to tell them, you might want to rethink that full page join my email list popover the minute I land on the site. Yeah. I'd because, rather pay full price. Well, you know, I'm, I'm okay with the popover, but the image in the background is basically a dude's crotch. Um, and, oh, you know, I, forget about that, but there's, there's not a watch in that image. So I have no idea. Like when what I first are you, like a marketing this, person. Yeah. 
Well, at first I thought, well, what do they sell jeans or do they sell like leather belts or something? And there's absolutely no mention at oh. all of what this company does. I, had I to, was like, so click happy. I didn't even look. I, mean, I got to go back. Again. Yeah, that really see, bugged me. I, I didn't see it either. I know you're seeing something different than I am. Maybe you just get sent. Maybe it's one of those things that's based on your browsing history. So you got sent the man's crotch <laughs> <laughs> and we're just that getting watches. <laughs> that must be it. That might be yeah. it. It's just. It was just one of those w- websites where I was like, what are we looking at here? Like, why do we, why was this sent to us? Because yeah. it had absolutely nothing to do with wood at all. Okay. Oh. Well, that's, <laughs> that's good. Before I watch. That's just me. He's got a watch. What are we talking about? Yeah, see, I'm, I'm confused. Anyway, I, I think it's okay. Uh, original grain, it looks okay to me, but Shannon <laughs> disagrees. So I would rather see your product in the background. There you go. Not that, that is a good point. model's product. <laughs> product. Uh, Keep okay. Your product to yourself. So this next one, next one comes from Kevin. He oh, says, well. "God level carpenter, God level carpenter." I wouldn't go so far as the title of the video, but this guy has some serious skills working with very large timbers. Those darn Japanese or Russians or all the authors of the video are pretty cool. <laughs> all right. Well, it is it is a another uh, Vimeo worthy. Video with lots of ambient sound, and this guy is making architectural like corbels with just crazy carving out of enormous hunks of wood. Yeah, very cool. It's so, good stuff. It's another one of those meditative type videos that you you must see to to truly experience the joy. Yes. All right, last one here. I like that I get this one. Uh, Shannon yeah. didn't want to put someone else on this one, so I'll talk about <laughs> it. Uh, podcastformakers.com. If you're not familiar, it's a great podcast. John Berard. Is that how he pronounces his name? John Berard. Uh, does a really good show. Does a fantastic interview. And Shannon was uh, a guest this past week on the 21st. Woo. You can go check it out. We'll put the link there. Um, we've uh, All three of us now have been on that show, which is pretty cool. Uh, but it's a great interview where Shannon talks about uh, his history and the Hantle School and his thoughts on uh, woodworking education. Uh, basically, just be forewarned, it's like over an hour. It's, it's pretty long and it's kind of like, is there any doubt? I mean, come it's, on. well, it's basically <laughs> Shannon. like Shannon talking for an hour and somebody occasionally interjecting is what this came out to be. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Verbosity of wood. Yes. Something like that. Uh, that should be the name for your podcast instead of Renaissance woodworker verbosity and wood. Uh, but no, it's really, really good. All, I think all of the, uh, the, uh, podcast for makers, shows are fantastic so definitely uh, subscribe to that it's a really good show all right let's get into our kickback and let's see if i could find the files now because i've got a gazillion things on my desktop here hold on wait for it i'm waiting wait for it there it is okay this is from uh, our buddy bill bill lavolsi from uh, maker shussel i know him hey guys it's bill from las vegas i got some kickback for you um Somebody on your last episode asked if you ever make projects without the cameras going. I'm kind of new at this whole, you know, video content creation thing, but I made a card box for a friend of mine, and I didn't roll the cameras, and it turned out to be probably the best thing I've ever made, and I've been kicking myself ever since. So, yeah, if you're making something, turn the camera on. (laughs) Yeah, it's a real bummer (laughs) when that happens. Thanks for that, Bill. And uh, there's another. Sure, it was the best thing you ever made, Bill. Sure. (laughs) Is this like the fishing story? It's the one that got away. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You should have seen the Chippendale-style secretary I built last week. I just didn't record it, though. Yeah. Yeah. And now it's gone. Yeah. Uh, Never see it it again. It's it's been shipped off to, to Wakanda. 
for um, <laughs> King T'Challa. Uh, we also got one here, another kickback from Vinny Jojo um, with regard to double-sided tape. Find that one. Hello, boys. Got some kickback for you. This is Vinny Jojo, Patreon supporter. Uh, this is in regard to Eric's uh, voicemail or email last week about a double-stick tape. Yeah, I had the same problem, and people uh, made me think I was crazy, so I got to the bottom of it. So, a uh, spec tape has two pressure-sensitive tapes. The, uh, the SKUs they use, and you can Google these and get them on Amazon or wherever. The good one, which is paper-backed and very easy to peel with your fingernails, is SPE, as in spec tape. S as in Sam, T as in Tiger, 501. The one that is vinyl backed, which evidently needs a razor, is a SPE dash 555H and then 136 or 236. I don't know who could possibly use the vinyl backed stuff. Um, I would never take a marking knife to a piece of work uh, or a Brazilian waxing for that matter. I don't know what you use the tape for. <laughs> anyway, guys, hope that helps. Thanks a lot. And uh, keep making shows. Bye bye. Okay, there you go. Getting down uh, to the nitty gritty on that stuff. <laughs> Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> that was a funny movie. Uh, all right. So those were actually voicemail kickbacks. And now we're into our actual voicemail. It gets a little confusing when the kickbacks have voicemail. So it's all good, though. Uh, Michael called in and has a question about uh, getting glue on calls. Hey, guys. This is Michael from Cleveland calling. Um, love the show. Thanks so much for all the great info. Uh, I have a question. Uh, you guys have been talking a lot about uh, panel clamps and panel glue lately, uh, and I'm about to, to uh, do my first big panel glue up. And my question is, if I'm going to use wood calls uh, to keep the panel flat and aligned, uh, how do I keep the, uh, the calls from, you know, being glued down to the panel, uh, you know, considering the squeeze out? So, uh, again, thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Take care. Bye-bye. Now, I'm sure we all do similar things for this. I'll throw it to Matt. What do you do to keep the glue off the calls? I grab the paste wax. That's it? Just a layer of paste wax? Yep. You do anything different, Shannon? Wax paper. Regular kitchen wax paper. I have paste wax on my calls, but I've just never never trusted it. I figured all it's going to take is that one time I'm going to end up with a call glued to my board. I, just, spot. I have a, a roll of wax paper in the finishing cabinet, and I just pull a little bit out and put it between the, the board and the, uh, the call. See, and I, I assumed we did very similar things, but we don't, I actually use packing tape. So just a uh, simple, clear packing tape right on the edge works great. Lots, lots yeah. of barrier. I started doing that, but the panel, the calls that I use now are adjustable. So they have a lot of holes in them ah. to adjust to different sizes and then putting packing tape over top of it just seems silly. Like I was actually, when I made the calls, I was going to get all fancy and like buy a strip of that, uh, ultra high molecular weight, like jig plastic oh, and, like, yeah, lay yeah. It at the top. And then it occurred to me then I'd have to like drill through that. And then there's a chance that the glue could get through into the holes. And yeah, it, so it, no, just wax well, paper. Since yours are all fancy, Shannon, how can we just like, don't apply some finish to them? Mm. Call it good. I did. I did actually. And you still don't trust that? I put uh, a waxed shellac and then paste wax over top of it. But hey, all it's going to take is that one time. 
<laughs> so now I it have could happen. A, you know, a Sapili call glued to my <laughs> cherry panel. I'm sitting there with a chisel trying to chisel the thing off, you know? So I just figure belt double, and suspenders, right? Double wax layer protection. Wax At least it'll look beautiful when it does yeah, stick to and it. Say a prayer while you're doing it too. Just to be sure. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's get into our email here. Um, I don't live dangerously like Matt. Yeah, he just throws caution to the wind. He doesn't care about anything. <laughs> yeah. All right, so first email here I have is from Kim. Uh, I He or she, I don't know if it's uh, one or the other. I noticed that some shop owners have used T111 paneling in lieu of drywall or OSB. What are your thoughts on T111 as shop paneling? Um, now I, I am addressing this because I do have some right on my wall next to me and I use that in the previous shop and, uh, you know, I, I like it for a couple different reasons. I actually have mine right on top of drywall. So I'm not one of those people who use this as a substitute for, I just used it in addition to, and what I like about it is you secure, you know, one full four by eight sheet to the studs and then suddenly your entire wall becomes something you could screw into. So when you're hanging cabinets or anything related to, shop organization, um, you have an entire surface that you could just screw into and you don't have to find the studs, which is really, really advantageous if you're trying to set up your shop. The other thing is it looks really good, you know, just in terms of like, this looks like a woodworking shop uh, and maybe that's dumb, but I like the way it looks. It's got a very woody sort of uh, cozy, homey sort of feel. And uh, it's also not very expensive um, all told. So I would never necessarily want to do my entire shop with the stuff, but I do like having it in certain areas in the shop. Now, I don't know if I'm going to do this in the next shop or not. We'll have to see. Um, The other thing you do want to be concerned about, and I know this is something that I was warned about here in Arizona, is um, termites. So you have a couple different issues where this stuff is on the surface. If there is any termite activity, you can't really see it. Like a lot of it may be going on behind this panel. Um, so there's, there could be uh, issues with code just in general that you'd have to be concerned about having that. And then also pests and things. So there, there are concerns about it. Don't, don't go into it blindly, do some research and see if it makes sense for you and your shop and where you are. Uh, but if all that checks out, I find it to be a very inexpensive way to get a very functional shop wall um, that looks pretty good at the same time. So, so that's my thoughts on it. Uh, again, I don't know if I'll use it again in my future shop, but it's, it's something I've had good experience with. What's the thickness of it usually like five eighths? Uh, I think that's about it. It might even be a little thinner than that. Yeah. Maybe yeah, five, five eighths sounds about right. It could, but it could be half inch. <clears throat> nice. I, I haven't worked with it in a while. So a half inch actually is starting to sound a little bit more right. So it's not super yeah, thick, but plenty, plenty to hold a screw. I've got a couple okay. cabinets. I've got my French cleat with my um, really heavy tool cabinet. It's heavy with nothing in it, uh, but then loaded down with hand planes and tools. It gets really heavy, and that's just on a French cleat, a couple of screws right into the stuff, uh, totally secured. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah, nice. it's good. Hmm. Yeah, I was, I was paranoid about that. I put up full three-quarter inch plywood mm-hmm. thinking, uh, it's not going to be, not gonna be um, thick enough. But when you think about like, how it's used yeah. like in home building, yeah, you probably are right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It's fine. I've <laughs> never had strong. a problem. And so, like super easy to hang cabinets, right? Because you don't have to make sure you're on oh, yeah. studs. You just make sure it's level. It's at the the height you want, and a couple of screws in, and you're done. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You start to develop a bit of a problem because it's like, oh, I can hang stuff anywhere. Yep. Suddenly you've got like like screws and things sticking out of the wall everywhere. What well, was I supposed to hang there? I don't know. I put a screw there for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Well, and if you're going for, you know, depending on your shop situation, some people like tool cabinets. Some people like having their tools just on the wall so it's easy to access. If you're more the latter and you just want to have everything kind of have its little home and its nice perfect little outline, it's an awesome backdrop for that because you could screw anything anywhere and attach these little implements and shop made things to the wall uh, and make a semi semi permanent connection and have it look really really good at the same time so i guess there's a good argument to use it yeah 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 sounds good yeah 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 <laughs> all right this next one is from paul it says can you discuss calibrating a miter gauge on a table saw he's trying to dial in a perfect 90 degrees and it's kicking his butt Mm. He has a saw stop table saw and an incro miter gauge. Both recommend referencing off the blade to get a perfect 90 degrees. However, I came across some YouTube videos that say the miter gauge should be calibrated to the miter slot. And he gives a link to uh, Tom Hintz, the new woodworker.com, where he explains why it should be calibrated to the miter slot because the blade could be canted in or out one direction or the other. So that could throw off your squareness of cut. Mm-hmm. All right. So, that's how I do it. I grab a piece of scrap plywood. I make a cut. I check with the square. Uh, and then I just kick it over until it gets perfect. It can't be that uh, easy, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you need to buy something? Yeah. You have, you have to buy a, a miter available? set. Yeah. I which, thought this which was... actually does reference directly from the miter bar on the miter gauge to the fence of the miter gauge itself. So it does do it the correct way according to this video that's being referenced here. Yeah, that's right. And uh, this would be a great miter set commercial if we had one, but they're not paying for it, so we won't mention miter set. <laughs> Too late. Miter set. Miter set. I actually, I haven't really used mine, but as I was packing up, I found mine. So I was like, ooh, I, be- I better hang on to these because I know that thing's going to be useful when I get back to, uh, to, to doing stuff in a shop. Uh, but yeah, miter set is good, and it's interesting that it does reinforce that miter slot versus like you know fence concept yeah if you watch the video it makes it really it's really obvious because that blade could have a little bit of side to side play in it either on the arbor or the blade itself could have some warp in it so it could actually not be cutting totally straight if you're cutting on a bias mm. so if you square it to that you're actually going to be cutting at an angle technically yeah so i don't know i just do the trial and everything but the miter set i've been using that set to 90 and it's like dead on every stupid time it's kind of frustrating like it can't be this simple yeah it can't be super easy right and if it's not if it doesn't your like work doesn't come out right you know something else is wrong you know yeah like i miter gauge like some slop in the track or something some slop in your hands yeah sloppy hands (laughs) crazy that's just way too much precision for me uh yeah but shannon just wants to draw a line and cut to it that's his thing yeah and then like shoot it or something shoot it Draw it, Something. cut it, shoot it. Donkey ear it. <laughs> Donkey ear it. <laughs> uh, that reminds me of a time in Tijuana. Whoa, okay. Hey-o. So this uh, next one comes from Ben. And I don't know if Ben is in Australia or not, but he starts by saying, G'day. You better be. Speaking of which, I just programmed Siri on my iPhone to speak with an Australian accent. It's way cool. Really? Yeah. I have mine as a dude. I didn't know you could make her Australian. Yeah, I don't know if that's an iOS 10 thing or not. But yeah, right where you change the gender, you can change yeah. from American, British, or Australian. Oh, I'm going to do, do that. I love, I love my Australian Siri. Anyway, 
Uh, ben says, g'day. I'm wondering what wood hardness scale you'd recommend and trust. There seems to be quite a few online with differing opinions. Keep up the good work, uh, guys. Your show is beyond awesome. I just imagine that with an Australian accent. So um, I, I, I picked this question because I don't care. You forgot um, the last part. Oh, sorry. Shout out to the old Matt, but love the new Matt. <laughs> oh, sorry, Vanderlist. Didn't mean to leave you out there. It's like the old um, show. This is a show. The old Coke and the new Coke or something. Hardness generally is determined by something called the Janka test, which is taking uh, it's it's a half inch steel ball. It's actually a point five 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 diameter steel ball and pressing it to half of its diameter into the wood. And the amount of force that requires to do that is what your Janka rating is. So it's it's a it's a measure of um, pounds per square inch or kilonewtons of force. And um, those are the really the scales you're looking at. It's not so much scales, but uh, units that's different uh, between metric and in, in standard. There are other hardness scales out there. The thing is, it doesn't really matter which hardness scale you use. It doesn't even actually really matter what the number is. The important thing is paying attention to kind of what is that number on a species that I'm familiar with and then comparing that to something else. So if you've got a lot of experience working with black cherry, which is, uh, I think it's about 850 pounds per square inch and you find the dog picking up a squeaky toy right now. <laughs> what's, what's the take of hardness of your dog? <laughs> what's the jank of hardness of this squeaky toy? I don't know. Um, so you, probably not much. You find another species and you're wondering, well, you know, what is hard maple? How hard is that? Well, it's got a Janka rating of 1,400 some pounds per square inch as compared to the 850 of cherry. Well, you know what cherry is like to work. And therefore, you know that hard maple is almost twice as hard. Um, you can kind of get caught up in all the numbers and and it doesn't really do anything for you because it's you think about it, 850 pounds per square inch. What does that actually mean to anybody? It's such an abstract number. It's like, you know, Alpha Centauri is 26 light years away. What does that mean? Who knows? You know, it's just such a, it's uh, more than 25. Yes, you're right. Exactly. (laughs) But that, that's actually my point. You know, (laughs) if you can look at, at, um, black walnut and Peruvian walnut and see there's about a hundred pounds per square inch difference, it's really not that big of a deal. So there's some similar working properties there. And this applies not only to hardness, but bending strength, um, you know, stiffness, all of those numbers. Just pay attention to the number only in contrast to another species number. And of course, make sure that the units are the same. That's where things may get a little bit difficult is if you're looking at pounds per square inch versus kilonewtons and you go, oh, this one is, you know, way, way high. And this one's really, really low. No, it's different units. Make sure you're in the same units, folks. So that is all. Yeah, that's that's a good way to look at it because if you're used to using, you know, box store pine or something and you're going, okay, well, what what does it really mean to go to some of these, these other woods? And uh, mm-hmm. you start to look at the scale, but th- you're right. The numbers are meaningless. But if I tell you yeah. this is like twice as hard as this other wood, you might kind of go, oh, okay. You know, you could put it on this mental scale and see mm-hmm. where everything lies. Yeah, it really gets crazy when you start talking about bending strength because then you're talking like 1.7 million you know, and it's just, it's ridiculous. The numbers are so out there as far as the force to deflect and the force to rupture the wood and all that. So yeah, just compare one to another. Yep. That folks was the last two hours of woodworking in America for me. That was my last class. Mm, I did that in what, two minutes. Did you also (laughs) say balls of steel while you were there? I did. I did. (laughs) Several times I mentioned balls of steel. Lost opportunity otherwise. 
Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I think that wraps up our show for today. If you are a $4 or higher patron level, you will get our email extra, which today is actually a really, really fun question that comes from uh, Joffrey, is it, right? Or Jeffrey? Are you, That's are, what you say the names. Are you obligated to pronounce that Joffrey when it's spelled that way? I prefer uh, to. It sounds better. Yes. No yes, offense, Jeffrey or Joffrey. <laughs> Uh, but he wants to know, this is actually a really fun question. And he says, we, we talk about ourselves in the intro and say uh, that the three of us combined would make one hell of a woodworker. And he says, so if you guys could take a power from one of your co-hosts to become the ultimate woodworker superhero, what would that power be? So that'll be a fun little question that we will uh, bat around a little bit, knock back and forth, pass around a circle, that type of thing. Uh, but you got to be the $4 or higher patron level to be able to get that content and it will be there for you. Uh, also, if you want to support the show, you can, you can go to the, um, TWW store and actually pick up a wood talk t-shirt at twwstore.com. Or as we mentioned with, uh, the $4 or higher patrons, you can go to patreon.com slash wood talk. And we have all kinds of levels, even down to $2 and you can get yourself a sticker inside information, just cool stuff. You know, we got some cool stuff there for you. So go check it out. You could also leave us an iTunes review, head into iTunes, look up wood talk and click on ratings and reviews. Leave us a five star or higher. If they let you do that, that'd be great. Uh, and I, I don't really have any, I should read some of these. I feel bad when I don't, but there's lots Skip of great last reviews. week. Hmm. You skipped the last week. Okay. That's hold true. on. Just hold on, guys. I'll go. You're, I'll do it. a bad person. Mark. I will do it right now to satisfy Matt. I want to hear about how much people like me. Hold on. <laughs> I'm looking. <laughs> but they might start talking about the old Matt and then it gets messy. Yeah, Doesn't we just matter. assume if they really Close like enough. Matt that it's the old Matt. Okay, here we go. I'm doing it. Ratings and reviews. Most recent. <laughs> do this live on the show. This is what happens when Matt becomes a producer on the show. We do something like this. Uh, okay, I read the first one from Rob Tosh. He says, "The best one out there. I've listened to many woodworking podcasts, but this one continues to deliver quality content." MMS, thank you for taking the time to put this out. There you go. You happy, Matt? Did that feel good? good? Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> I feel a little bit better. It just uh, it took a lot longer than I would have liked. <laughs> It's always, always <laughs> get so there. smooth when you read those. I love it. It is. Yep. Makes, uh, makes, me, makes me happy. Yes. <laughs> All right. I think that's well, it. Well, anyway, so. folks, let's 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 put a cork in this one. If you have comments, questions, or topic suggestions, there are many, many ways to contact us. You can leave a voicemail on Skype. Our username is Wood Talk Online. Our voicemail line, 623-242-5180. Or you can use our contact form at woodtalkshow.com slash contact. Or go to our website and leave a comment at the bottom of this particular episode or any of the episodes or go to the Facebook page or go to MattCremona.com and leave all your hate mail there. Yeah, do it. (laughs) He doesn't get enough. More traffic. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't care. Any traffic is good traffic. Good deal. Is that it? That is it. Okay. Balls are steel. Balls of steel. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll catch you next time. See ya. See ya.